0: What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael, and today I'm going to be joined by Jake Schwanitz, our film expert. If you're a DNVR member, you probably already have seen his film room. If you haven't, go check it out. Great stuff. It just kind of goes through what Todd Senteo did well in his first start, what he needs to do better. All kinds of stuff. He's got clips. He breaks down the plays. He talks about the play calling, which, in his opinion, wasn't fantastic. I just decided I might as well get him on the pod and we can kind of go through it in depth. So we we talked about his piece. We talked about just, you know, what he liked, what he disliked. He, again, you know, talked about the play calling. And then we talked about Trey McBride and Dante Wright a little bit. Jake is one of our hosts of the NFL Draft Pod. So I just kind of got his thoughts on those guys. It was a really fun conversation, about 20 minutes. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It is currently late Thursday night. We just had the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. Awesome way to kick off the NFL season. I mean, I, I really didn't expect it to be much of, a, much of a game, and Vegas didn't either. I think the spread was all the way up to like 9.5 in favor of Tampa Bay, which was always probably too much. But it's easy to get swept up in. I mean, Dallas didn't have a very good defense last year. You didn't know how healthy Dak was coming in. You had questions about Zeke. You know, they're all pro guards. Zach Martin was missing. And then just the the emotion of getting swept into Tampa Bay. You know, they're coming off of an awesome season. They're kind of America's sweetheart right now. It's, it's weird. I feel like there's this whole, I don't know, revival, I guess, for Tom Brady People like me who grew up despising him now kind of like watching him play for Tampa Bay just because the nostalgia aspect. I mean, all the all the old QBs are gone. When when Big Ben and, and Tom hang it up, it's gonna be the quarterbacks of my childhood are are all gonna be done. You know, Peyton and and Phillip Rivers and a lot of these dudes. That I don't know how to deal with it. It's it's given me my own identity crisis. But anyway,s a really great game. Solid, solid showing for Shaq Barrett. He was awesome in this game. Had a ton of great pressures. Finished with four tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack. So it was just a really great showing for him. Michael Gallup played well as well. He he did have to leave with an apparent ankle injury, and that was a bummer. I hope he's okay because he was looking good early, man. They were targeting him. He had four catches in this one for 36 yards. Almost caught a touchdown. Couldn't get his feet in. I actually played him on my fantasy team, so that would have been big for me. But this Cowboys passing offense looked extremely explosive. I mean, I had some questions about Dak. He obviously has still got it. Definitely wish the Broncos would have drafted him, you know, all those years ago. What was it, 2016? There's a a lot of those guys at this point, though. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. I mean, the list is really starting to add up. Anyways, getting back on track, it was just an awesome NFL opener. Hopefully, this weekend is just as exciting, but I'm going to (laughs) stop stalling and and get to that interview with Jake Schwanitz because that's what everyone wants to hear about. You guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market, it's crazy in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress and just take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Right now, they actually have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. They're DNVR members, they're proud CSU alum, and if you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, joining me on the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. We've got Jake Schwanitz, one host of our DNBR Draft Pod. He is also our film room expert for college football. He's going to be breaking down CSU and CU content throughout the year. Has two Rams pieces up now. Both of them are definitely well worth your time. Most recently broke down Todd Senteo's performance in that week one game. Obviously not the final score that CSU Rams fans were looking for. There was some things to like. There were things he needs to work on. Obviously, the missed touchdown opportunities what, were what kind of stuck out in everybody's mind, and that's natural and a loss, but we're going to go through it all. Jake, I'm curious, you know, just kind of watching it, what was your general reaction? Are you surprised that CSU fans are, I guess, so upset? And, you know, like, how good was it? How bad was it? You know, just take it wherever, wherever
1: you're feeling. Yeah, I mean, uh, initially, I think CSU fans have the right to be upset. I mean, um, losing at home to an FCS team, no matter how good that FCS team is, it's never fun. Um, You know, you want to prove that you're the bigger, better team. That obviously did not go down uh, last Friday night. Um, I mean, Steve Adazio said it leading up to the game. I mean, this is a good football team. Um, This wasn't going to be a cakewalk. Anyone who expected it to be a cakewalk just wasn't really paying attention to who the Jackrabbits are from San Diego State. Um, I mean, they were in the uh, FCS championship game just a few months ago. So this was not some cakewalk team. Um, But on the other side, that's also a positive that you can take away, right? I mean, this is a pretty good football team. This isn't like they lost to one of the worst teams in the country. Um, This is something that you can kind of take and build away and build on as the season moves forward, especially with uh, Vanderbilt coming down.
0: No, it's a good point. I mean, it's never what anybody wants to hear, especially after a couple of down seasons. But it's a marathon, not a sprint, especially when you are, you know, rebuilding a program, which is kind of the position that CSU is in. You know, hopefully, it all works out. I know, you know, the fan base isn't super stoked with the coaching hire. They weren't in the first place, and then I think the last year and year and a half or so haven't really, you know, changed a whole lot of people's opinions. But we just kind of have to give it some time and see how it plays out at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's really all you can do. I mean, I've got, I had some criticisms in uh, the Todd Senteo piece also about some of the play calling, just overall decision-making that was uh, brought down from the coaching staff. And um, it just is what it is. I mean, this team is built to win a certain way. Uh, They weren't able to execute in that way on Friday night against the Jackrabbits. Um, You know, so that's just kind of how it's going to go for right now. We'll see as the season goes along, how they evolve. You know, I would like to see. Um, As I mentioned in the piece, you know, allowing Todd to just kind of open it up a bit more, also allow him to use his uh, legs a bit more. Um, We'll see if that comes along. I mean, they really tried to establish that ground game with David Bailey, and it just wasn't there. I mean, 19 carries for 46 yards. Um, it's, It's just rough that, you know, when you're built to run through the ground and you can't run through the ground, you're built to kind of lose ugly at that point, right? That's where it's going
0: to be interesting because they were about 60-40 in terms of pass run ratio in that game. That's not where Adazio wants to be. I mean, he's mentioned it multiple times. He wants it to be the opposite. That's definitely the approach they're going to try and go. So it's going to be interesting because like you said, it just it didn't work. So we'll see if if they're able to to get it going against a hopefully less stout South Dakota State, or I mean a Vanderbilt defense than South Dakota State. But that was one of the things that really stood out to me about your. Peace was just mentioning, he really got in a groove kind of when they spread it out and and let Santeo kind of go through his reads and go through the different receivers there. That's probably not the offense that they're going to run most of the season. So I I don't know if that's necessarily what CSU fans want to hear, but I think you were spot on. That's really when the passing offense was most effective.
1: Right. Um, And, you know, it is kind of odd to bring that up because obviously when you're in those situations late in the half and in the fourth quarter when the game's already done, you're going to go against defenses that are playing a lot more off, right? It's going to be a lot more safe defenses, just not trying to, point. Yeah. to allow the big play. But still, I mean, I thought Santeo was actually pretty impressive when he was asked to just drop back and throw the ball. Um, I mentioned in the piece, um, you know, you could kind of see the nerves at first, you know, locking on uh, to Dante Wright on that second kind of play-action shot on the first drive. But, you know, he really started to settle in. Um, you know, he did have some bad throws, though. There was, a, a, like, a I think it was one-drop pick. Um, obviously the fumble on the exchange with Bailey. Um, but, you know, you just got to credit some of these things to a guy that, yes, he is a fifth-year player, but he is also inexperienced in terms of game experience. Um, So that's just what it is. I, it would be nice to see him throw the ball more, Um, you know, as they kind of get into these games where they're down um early, I guess I should say, Um, you know, kind of open it up earlier rather than just waiting until the fourth quarter with eight minutes left and just saying, screw it, man, go out there and try your best, you know.
0: So in terms of his throwing capabilities you know there there were some missed shots obviously he missed that first attempt where Dante Wright was wide open he had a couple of other you know not so great throws where he kind of got bailed out Trey McBride made a couple of good catches Dante had a couple of good catches but did you see a guy that had major throwing deficiencies in your opinion or is you know this is a guy that is going to at least be a capable starter because as far as the you know you know you mentioned the lack of rushing i think it just comes down to the depth behind him the the number 2 right now is a true freshman quarterback that didn't even get to play a senior high school season because of covid so it's just a lot of inexperience and i think they're kind of worried about him getting hurt but it is a it is an unfortunate situation because i i think the rush the rushing component would really open a lot of things up for this offense
1: yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of that, and I think it could only really help CSU at this point. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, the depth is going to play into that factor. Um, but you know, he's a big guy. I mean, and just going through some uh, preseason quotes and stuff that Adazio said leading up to this year, he, I mean, kind of banked on the fact that he was a dual threat quarterback. I think a lot of people banked on that um, that component to his game, and it was honestly kind of surprising that they just didn't really use that as much as they should have. Um, you know, I mentioned that quarterback sneak, um, in the article. It's not often you see a quarterback sneak go for eight yards because the quarterback is just like bowling through the defense, you know? Um, you just have to take advantage of that. Um, in terms of a passer, though, I definitely think he was capable. Um, I mean, we're not talking about Trevor Lawrence or Patrick Mahomes here, but this is a guy that showed the ability to run the offense, make the right, re- make the right read and get the ball to where it needs to be. Um, so there's definitely room for improvement going forward and just, you know, as, as, but his second start, he started that Fresno State game uh, last yeah. season. So, uh, you know, second start for the Rams. I think it's really something that, you know, Rams fans should be able to look back and say, okay, this is something, you know, we can really build with this. And, you know, this is team obviously not in its final form. Um, we're going to see Centeno get better. And I truly believe that.
0: I think it's a good opportunity. I mean, obviously you've got some tough games coming up. That That fourth game at Iowa is going to be brutal. Opening the conference slate against San Jose State and that defense is is less than ideal and I don't think that trip to Toledo is going to be very easy either. But you have Vanderbilt at least this week at home and it's an opportunity to kind of like just work out some of these kinks. I mean, this is a team that gave up twenty three points to a a very mediocre FCS team. You know, it wasn't SDSU. It was a team that's not going to be very competitive. So I'm I'm at least intrigued. If you are a DNVR member, make sure you go check out this piece that Jake published because it's awesome. It has video clips kind of breaking down a lot of these plays we're talking about. I know, you know, some, it's if you only saw the game once, it's maybe hard to imagine all these plays, but that's why we clipped them all up. They're there for you to check them out. You know, what kind of impressed you most about Senteo? I mean, you met, obviously, we already talked about the fact that he got in a in a rhythm there late for me it was probably his decision making i just i feel like you know he did a pretty good job of just getting the ball where it needed to be and and not you know risking a lot of turnovers there there was the one dropped pick and you know you can criticize him for that and there the fumble then didn't result in a turnover but very well could have but ultimately i i felt like it was a, a pretty good game in terms of him just progressing through his reads and, and making the right calls there
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the box score, it's 29 of 42, 304 yards. Um, I feel like ESPN's kind of harsh with this quarterback rating. They give him a 32.8, um, especially considering how many drops uh, the CSU receivers had also. That's also so, a good
0: point, yeah. I
1: mean, it was there was a lot of good things from Centeno. I know that the box score, and if you go back and look at some of the highlights, you're not going to see his best plays, that's for sure. Um, so, you know, it, you have to dig deeper to really find the good stuff here. Um, but the good stuff is encouraging in that fact. Um, and le- like, you said, I think the just ability to kind of play the position well. Um, he wasn't putting the ball in harm's way. He was, be- he was able to make his reads. Um, you know, I didn't really see much play changing at the line of scrimmage, though. I don't really know if he has that control yet. So, I mean, we're not looking at a true field general here, but we're looking at a guy that can really play the position and played at a decent level to where CSU can win with this guy.
0: All right, we will get right back to that interview with Jake, but first the NFL season is here and the first NFL Sunday is here. The excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Just bet $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly no matter what. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game this Sunday. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, which makes it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNBR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. You could throw it on the Giants-Broncos. You could put it on Atlanta-Philly. I think that potentially could be an offensive shootout. There's so many great games this weekend. And again, do not miss out. Just use that promo code DNVR when you sign up to get your free $200 in bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I also want to shout out my friends over at Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch. Our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscapes? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscape by going to manscape.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped, the Performance Package 4.0. It includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, a weed whacker for your ears and nose hairs, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, which are super comfy, and a really clutch travel bag to hold your goodies. I legitimately have used my travel bag everywhere now. It's, It's nice and big. I can fit, you know, multiple razors in there, hair gel comb, you know, toothbrush, everything I need to fit in there, it fits, that's always a problem for me. I pack too much stuff. (laughs) The uh, the fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn their 4k LED spotlight on when you need a light for a more precise shave. On top of all that, it is waterproof so you can take it in the shower with you It does not get any better than Manscaped, specifically the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You are going to get everything you need to stay fresh this fall. Make sure that you are using that code DNVR at manscaped.com to save 20% off your order and get free shipping. I mean, I think you just have to be realistic in that situation. You know, CSU fans obviously they want to win, they want to see high level QB play, but the depth at the in that position room, it's just it's not really there at the moment, especially behind him. I think he's definitely proven that he's their best option by far, at least for this season. We'll we'll have to see who they're able to bring in in the off season, or you know how Valecchi heals and what that kind of looks like moving forward. But I don't know. I I I really agree with what you said, but I also I like that you mentioned, you know, we are digging deep for positives here, but that's kind of what you got to do. I mean, we already mentioned it's not, when you lose by 19 to an FCS team at home, that's not good enough point blank period. Right. I could say that a hundred times over the next five days and, and it would just get, you know, kind of boring. So we're, you know, we're just kind of looking for different talking points and ultimately it's early in the season. So, you know, it, it was an unfortunate loss, but as we know, weird stuff happens in college football and teams can get a lot better from week one to, you know, week six and then week 12. Yeah. I
1: mean, and look at the first half. I mean, it wasn't completely out of control by halftime too. I mean, the game was definitely in reach still at that point. Um, I think CSU kind of just played themselves out of the wind with how they called the offense, frankly. Um, You know, the running game really wasn't there in the first half and they really tried to keep on going through with it in the second half and it just kind of built on top of itself. And all of a sudden you're staring at a 19 point deficit um, heading into the fourth quarter. And it's just really tough to kind of build back on that. Um, they kind of did obviously, as we said, once they, you know, started to open it up and everything. Um, but you just want to, I know, I know you said Steve Adazio wants to run the ball more than he passes, but I think balance could really go a long way with this team. Um, and it's something I hope that we can see going uh, further on because I still believe in this uh you know, core playmakers, especially McBride, but, you know, Dante Wright was very impressive this weekend. I thought, um, David Bailey, you know, he wasn't great, but he didn't really have much room to run also. Um, but they tried to feed him. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities there for this team.
0: I know. I mean, I think you're spot on McBride and Wright had great games. I loved how many targets they got. I think it was like 24 combined targets for those two. I, I said in the, my post-game podcast 25 targets a game for those two feels about right just given their talent and and you know who you're gonna go up against but you're an nfl draft guy did mcbride live up to hype to the hype in your estimation 14 targets 13 catches one over 100 yards i mean it wasn't the sexiest game but it was just kind of an instance where he made the most of his opportunities
1: right but i think that's just kind of his game right i mean he's he's just an old-fashioned you know wide tight end um He's going to be nasty with the ball uh, in his hands. He's going to be nasty in the blocking game, but he also just has reliable hands and he just knows how to get open. I mean, you know, he's not uh, the TJ Hawkinsons, Noah fans, Kyle Pitts of the world where they're just making tremendous plays. He's just someone that really understands the game and plays it at a high level. Um, You know, you don't really have to dig deep to find the good plays with this guy too. And I agree they need to feed this man because he was on a tear on Friday night.
0: Well, and and you're right, he's not necessarily the, in terms of like true speed or like just sheer downfield catch capabilities as, as some of those other tight ends, but he is a guy like if you put a slow linebacker on him, he can move. I mean, that Fresno State game in 2019 is a great example where he caught a touchdown and just took it like 35 yards up the sideline for a touchdown. You see that him moving, it's like, oh man, like this is a guy that can make some plays you mentioned Dante Wright. Just real quick before we go here, uh, Tampa Bay-Dallas game is on for those that are listening. Really great game so far. Um, a couple yeah. of CSU Rams, Shaq Barrett and Michael Gallup have a nice showing so far. I'm getting way off topic here. <laughs> Dante Wright, he had a great game. Yep. Is he a guy that you could see maybe getting some next level looks? I know he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he is explosive with the ball in his hands. He's Got great yak capability. I think he could be a slot guy. Definitely some potential in the return game as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's working himself there. I mean, definitely worth a look at this point. You know, a guy that's probably going to be a candidate for like an East-West Shrine Bowl type game. Um, he's going to have his opportunities uh, moving forward. You know, he is a junior this year, though, so definitely still has you know time to kind of build on his game. Um, maybe get a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, which would also help increase his stock. Um, but, you know, just going back through the film last year and what I saw on Friday night, it's a lot of the same. I mean, the guy plays bigger than his size. Um, he's a really re- reliable receiver. Um, I would have liked to see him, you know, kind of get more, um, how should I say, designed or like easy touches underneath, you know, some uh, jet sweeps or some screens. I thought the same thing. Like I mean, he's so electric. Just get the ball in his yeah. hands. Yeah. So th- that was also kind of a missed opportunity. So maybe we're just kind of seeing the Rams really try to figure out their team and settle Uh, into themselves here moving forward Um, because, you know, these were definitely things that we saw last year um, and maybe they just kind of got away from them a bit. Um, I would definitely count on that kind of playing a factor moving forward for this offense, um, especially in the screen game. I mean, when you just have numbers on the perimeter and you got Dante right outside, and you can just get the ball in his hands and kind of let him, you know, work and pick up those easy gains on those extended handoffs, easy five, six, seven, eight yards a carry or a, a catch there it really just changes your offense. It able, it opens up the run game, helps out Centeno with play action. Um, so yeah, it'd be great for this team to kind of see him get more involved. Even so, uh, how many targets did you say he had on the game?
0: I think it was a uh, 12 for Dante. Cause I think it was, or 11. No, it was 11 for Dante or something like that. It was 10 or 11, but mm-hmm. double digits for both guys. And that's exactly, you know, where you want it to be in the throw game. But I agree, you know, just kind of open it up, get him some jet sweeps, some easy screens, just hit the ball in his hands and and let him do the rest for you. I mean, he's done it throughout his career, but I imagine we will. I mean, people want to discredit Steve Adazio. And I, I understand all criticisms. This isn't me, you know, trying to prop him up or anything like that. But he did have Percy Harvin at Florida when he was the OC, and we saw a lot of that type of play design. So he is a guy that has used those type of players to their best capability in his career. So at least as of now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because we're only one week in.
1: Sure, and I think he deserves that. I mean, you know, he's a good football coach overall. I mean, I think people kind of just latch onto that BC stint um, where he had an absolute man-child in A.J. Dillon, so he could afford to, like, feed him the ball 45 (laughs) you know? Um, So, I mean, David Bailey's no slouch either. He's a huge guy that can really run. Um, They just weren't able to get it going. But, yeah, I think there's definite hope for this offense moving forward in terms of just – being more diverse and opening it up um, to allow their playmakers just more opportunities in general.
0: I hope we see it, Pan. I just, you have the playmakers and I get that they want to run the football and I get that that's the foundation of the offense, but I just think the best trait in a good coach is flexibility and being able to understand like, this is what I wanted to do, but this is what's working. So if they have to spread it out, spread it out. You have some other guys. He had some drops, but I think Ty McCullough has a chance to be a decent receiver. You know, they they brought in Jordan Kress from New Mexico. I would like to see him get some more opportunities. He was a big play guy for them during his time there. I mean, you you just got to be flexible. I mean, it's the, it's the modern era of college football.
1: Right, and as I mentioned earlier, you kind of saw the inexperience overall with this receiving court. You know, a lot of drops, just plays that should have been, you know, gone for five, six, seven, eight yards, just easy gains that just weren't happening for CSU. So it was just tough, you know, kind of all around in terms of efficiency for them. It really just came back to bite them in the end.
0: Well, Jake, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to getting your perspective throughout this season. Make sure you check out all those film rooms. They're they're definitely worth your time. We're going to have more draft pods. This is the best time of year, man. It feels so good to have football back. We're back, back,
1: baby. We're back.
0: Feels good. Oh, real quick, before we go, tell the people where they can follow, find you on social media and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be at Jake Schwanitz, S-C-H-W-A-N-I-T-Z on Instagram. Uh, again, check out those film rooms. Um, even if, you know, we're on the, on the Rams pod here, but the, we got some buffs uh, film rooms coming through too. Um, really proud of those. A lot of fun working with you guys and, you know, just kind of going into the college game, man. I love it. So much fun.
0: I just love that we're allowed to really dive into this nerd stuff, you know, sometimes, especially with some of the the normal traditional sports outlets. They're like, you know, you got to keep it storytelling and and that is a big component of the job. But also there are a lot of us that just love to nerd out and the X's and O's of football and and we get that opportunity with the film rooms and the draft pods and, and even stuff like this
1: yeah i feel like i have to save all that stuff for draft season like when football is dead after like february so i'm really excited that i can kind of just dig <laughs> into this now when we're actually you know dealing with live games and fresh content with that so
0: totally all right man well enjoy your night i'm looking forward to talking to you tomorrow on that draft pod and we'll see how this uh, this exciting thursday night nfl opener shakes out
1: you too man sounds good i'll be back here to talk soon